heart of Wellington, Kansas, Powder and String Outfitters is your down-home, one-stop shop for all things shooting sports and outdoors. Welcome to the Powder and String Podcast. Welcome back to everybody out there. This is the Powder and String Outfitters podcast. I've got with me today um, Mike Castaneda. And Mike uh, is, to say the least, a amazing cook. Um, just yesterday, you made some uh, some tacos. And some I, tacos. Yeah. And I literally dreamed about them last night, for real. <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. But today, uh, listeners, we are going to be talking about cooking and game food. And I thought um, it would be great to bring Mike on here because it, to say that he's a good cook chef would be uh, an understatement. Um, maybe to start off with, Mike, if you want to t- tell our listeners out there a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, some of your accolades because... Um, you're extremely talented chef. Well, I appreciate that. So, um, it all kind of started for me when I was in the army, I actually had, uh, one of my family members asked me if I heard of Traeger grills and at the time I hadn't. So I kind of looked into them and decided to pick one up and, you know, I started just making food and I would take pictures of my food and I started tagging them and my social media and everything. And just one day, I get a message and they're like, Hey, if we paid you, would you want to, uh, do some recipes for us? You know, and I'm just a poor soldier at the time. So I'm like, absolutely. Let's do that. So, um, I started doing recipes and everything. And then, um, the crazy thing is they kind of start going viral a little bit. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm getting royalty checks and that's wild, you know, because I'm getting checks out of nowhere. And, um, you know, I, I didn't think that was even part of the thing. So I get a hold of them. And they're like, yeah, that's kind of part of the deal. You know, as, you get likes and comments and, and shares and things like that. You know, we're just going to send you money. So, you know, they start sending me grills and pellets and all that stuff. And um, before I know it, they're like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to be doing some stuff down at like uh, OU. You know, do you want to go and cook? So I'm like, yeah, you know, well, I'll go give that a shot. You know, there's going to be a couple thousand people. You know, you need to make, you know, I can't even remember what it was at the time. But um, so I go down there and they're like. So you're tailgating. Yeah. So we're tailgating, you know, they, they send what they called a biz box. So they had a driver go down in this giant, you know, machine essentially. And it had a bunch of their grills in it and we had some grills and we're just cooking all night, you know, and everybody's like, oh, that's a dream job, you know, until you're outside all night making barbecue. And then the next morning you're out, you know, handing out barbecue and everything, you know, so it was a lot of fun, but you know, it's also a lot of work. It's a lot of work, especially when you're trimming up, you know, a ton of brisket all night, you know, sleeping in the car and, I, I want to say we did that at like um, Texas A&M or something, you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a lot of fun, <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, it was amazing. So then, you know, I did that for a while and um, I was picked up by Food Network and named one of the top 10 cooks in America, you know, so I did that and that was amazing. It was a pretty surreal experience. You know, I'm just sitting here chopping, doing my own thing and all of a sudden I hear like, hey, what are you making? And then I look over and I'm just like, oh, what's up, Bobby? You know, and then in my head, I'm like, uh, chef, chef, chef flay. Like, you know, like I just said, hey, what's up, Bobby? Like, you know, we're just good friends from the block or whatever. But, you know, so it was a real <laughs> cool experience. Um, you know, I got to hang out and, he, you know, their food was uh, Bobby Flay, Michael Simon, Alex Cornishelli, Curtis Stone, and, you know, Ted Allen, because Ted Allen does everything on Food Network. Mm-hmm. And um, 
then I come home and. And for know, those yeah. listeners out there that don't know, those you just named off, you rattled off some some yeah. really big names in some the food of the, world, the biggest names, the biggest chefs in America. You know, mm-hmm. so um, it, it was a a crazy experience, and um, you know, I come home. And so so real quick, when 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 did you like what time frame are we talking about? What years are we talking about with like the to start off with the Traeger thing? Um, Traeger. Jeez, I'm gonna say 2013 ish, something around there, and uh, Food Network, um, 2014, 15 mm-hmm. time frame. So I do that, leave the the military uh, around 2015, and come back home. Which thank you for your service, by yeah, the way. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, it was it was a crazy time. I'm sure we can get into some some crazy army stories. You know, this, as these, well, but we're completely unscripted. Yeah. Uh, our, <laughs> if you haven't listened to the podcast, and for the listeners that have, we can literally go anywhere with this thing. So okay. there's, there's no there's no there's no uh, as you know because you you know yeah. you just walked in and like hey we're we're going to talk about food. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I definitely have a, a handful of you know crazy army stories as well, but. Um, yeah. So from there, you know, I, I do the whole food truck thing. I get to, to cater for some, some really cool bands, you know, some, some big people like Lauren Daigle, a day to remember, um, you know, some really cool people. And then I get in contact with some people from the Kansas city chiefs and, um, it, it started with, uh, Spencer Ware. Uh, he was a running back at the time and I talked to him for a few years off and on. And he was like with the chiefs and then he was with, uh, somebody else. I can't even remember who he went to at the time. And then, um, you know, we were talking when he went to the other team and I was like, man, you know, I was hoping to connect whatever. And he was like, I'm actually coming back to the chiefs. You know, I have this organization we're talking about actually before he talked about the organization, he was talking about just hanging out with his friends and doing something. Sorry. And um, I was like, yeah, man, anytime you guys want to hang out, you know, I'd love to, you know, just come cook for you and your friends or whatever. And he's like, cool, you know, let's make it happen. He's like, I'm coming back. Let's do it. So, you know, we talked about that and, um, all of a sudden I'm getting a call from like his agent or something, you know, and he's like, we're, we're going to do it. And I was like, okay, you know, like, when do you want to do it? And this is like a Wednesday I'm at work. And, uh, he's like, we're doing it Saturday. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, like, like real soon we're doing it like real soon. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so um, but we're doing it for his organization. He has a nonprofit. We're going to, we're going to set something up and we're going to, I was like, Oh, okay. So this is like a bigger deal than I anticipated. Yeah, I, I you're was, not just cooking for a couple people. Yeah. I thought I was going to go, you know, make up some, you know, tacos or something for a couple of his buddies at his house or something. So, um, all of a sudden, you know, they're like, okay, we got, um, 30 people, you know, we're going to do a small private dinner for some of his investors and things like that. And, uh, we're going to give you a location, can you make it like a, um, I can't remember, it's like a three or four, you know, people or, um, tasting menu. And I was like, sure, let's do that. You know? So I got with these, uh, these awesome guys, they're, they're a veteran owned company, um, uh, Casey cattle company, and they do like Wagyu beef and things like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, awesome company. And I got with them and they're like, yeah, let, you know, we'll, we'll throw in the beef on it. You know, my guys will help you, you know, cook prep, whatever you want. So, um, they jumped in on it with me and, literally the night before I got everything done and mm-hmm. the night before they're like, um, the agent calls me and he's like, Hey man, I got some bad news. And I'm like, do not tell me you're canceling on me. You know, it's like, we got all this prep done. They sent all this Wagyu like, and he's like, no, we're not canceling. He's like, but the thing is it's going to like 60 instead of 30 now. So I'm like, 
what what am I supposed to do? Like they literally like next day, like all this meat. And he's like, I don't know. We got to figure something out, you know? So I was like, okay, well, instead of like four courses, we're going to do, you know, five, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're going to just basically make smaller portions, but we're going to do, we're going to add more courses, you know, to just kind of, you know, yeah. extend it out a little bit. So we went up and did that event. It was super cool and everything. You know, my wife. Everything worked out. Yeah, everything. Everything was great. You know, Spencer was super cool. He's real nice. And uh, at one point, so I got to say, you know, I've always been a Cowboys fan, you know. I'm and, sorry. Yeah. I, I get that a lot. You know, every, everybody wants to talk about, you know, whatever. When and was I, the last time that they won a Super Bowl? Okay. I, I'm not even going to get into all that because <laughs> here's the thing, you know, like. And I'm not a Chiefs fan. Yeah. I'm a Steelers fan, so. Okay. Well. Okay. Are you going to walk out now? Yeah, I could. But um, <clears throat> so, so we'll, we'll just we'll just go into um, – You're stuttering now. Like you're like <laughs> – I'm saying we'll just go into the next thing. Are, so, you, are you questioning our friendship? No, a little bit. So I'm in the kitchen just hanging out. You know, I don't, I don't know all the players. You know, I, I feel like I know a lot of the, you know, the current players, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know a lot of the past players or anything. So Spencer's like, hey, man, you know, I want you to come meet somebody. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, it's like, I'm, so I go out there. I have no idea who I'm going to meet. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've met some people from the, the chief's organization, you know, some of like the front of house people, mm -hmm. you know, like even like one of tech nine's guys was there, you know, I met him, whatever. And I go out and, uh, I'm shaking hands with this dude and I, I still don't even know if I know his name or remember his name. Right. But, uh, you know, it's a real tall dude, you know, he's fit. So I'm like, okay, he seems like he either plays or used to play or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm making you guys some good food. It'll be out shortly, whatever. And he's like, cool, nice to meet you, you know, whatever. So anyways, I go to the back and um, I hope I get the name right. But uh, I, I go back and I'm like, I just met someone named like Daryl Johnson or something, you know, and everybody just looked at me like, are you kidding me right now? And they're like, you know, he's a legend. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't, you know, I have no idea. So apparently I just met like a big deal, like for mm -hmm. the chiefs organization. And I was like, I, I don't know, you know, so right. they, they were freaking out, you know? Um, so anyways, we, you know, we get, we get to work, we start doing everything and, you know, we shut down and we go out and, uh, you know, of course, Spencer's like, you gotta, you gotta meet everybody. You gotta come shake hands. You gotta take pictures because everybody wants to talk and everything. So then he comes over and he's like, Hey, I need to talk to your wife real quick. And I'm like, okay. So he pulls my wife to the side and I'm talking to the Casey cattle guys and everything, you know, tell them they did a good job. And, um, also my wife comes back and she's like, Hey, he wants us to go to the club with him. And what are you going to do? Say no. Yeah. It's like, we don't know what that means. I, I got to do dishes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got, I got cleanup. It's like, have forks. you seen that kitchen? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, the knives. Yeah. So we were at Tanner's, the place called Tanner's. Um, out in Kansas City, and it's it's a super cool place, you know. Mm -hmm. And they uh, they took care of everything; they were so great. Um, but so, anyways, we've never been to a club. We like, you know, we don't know what that means. So, she's like, "We got to go back to the hotel. We got to get dressed. They're going to bring a car, you know, like whatever." So we're like, "Okay, we're we're going to do that." So we go outside, and I see this guy, and he looks really familiar. And I told Lens, I was like, "Is that who I think it is?" I was like, "Is that Dante Hall?" So she turned and she's like, "Oh my gosh, where?" You know, she's like super excited because like Dante's always been like her favorite chief you know yeah. so is she a chiefs fan she's a chiefs fan her whole family so you know, she's like, so she's definitely got a better taste than you absolutely where yeah. so then how did she how did you guys end up if she's a chiefs fan you yeah. gotta have better taste than yeah you would think that but <laughs> i think it's because i know how to cook so like there's a lesson for like everybody out there like yeah. it doesn't matter you can look like me and have terrible taste or whatever. talk like you have terrible taste yeah, yeah but as long as you know how to cook like there's so much you can do so that's good to know yeah so that's fine 
So uh, we see Dante Hall outside, and like uh, he sees me staring come at on, him. Come on the Pattern String podcast, and you're just going to get bullied and ridiculed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but so we see Dante, and uh, you know he's he sees me like staring at him, and like we have this like moment where like I think he knows who I am, kind of a thing, and then he kind of just like turns around and walks off and does his mm-hmm. own thing or whatever. So Lynn sees him for a second. He's like, "Oh my gosh, I wish I would have got a picture and whatever," you know. So she's like bummed. And we get in the car and like the agent's driving and everything. And, um, he's like, we gotta, we gotta pick up somebody and then we're gonna go to the club. And he's like, we're picking up Christian. And I was like, okay, who's Christian? He's like, uh, Christian Okoye. Do you know who that is? I'm like, no. You know, so. What's his, it's, he's the, uh, the Christian Okoye, they call him the, ah, oh, I'm drawing a blank now. Nigerian nightmare. Nigerian nightmare, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's another thing. I was like, I, I don't know who this guy is. So I'm Googling him real quick. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, he's old. You know, like, you know, that's the first thing I thought. You know, like, I don't. <laughs> Back know who, in his day, he would smash some people. Yeah, and he and he's still huge. Yeah, he's, I can remember playing him on uh, Tech Mobile. I think okay, it was. Yeah. yeah, and he's still massive. Like he's still a huge guy. So we go pick him up, and he's like, "Okay, now we're gonna go to the the club, and we're gonna meet up with Dante." And I immediately turn and look at Lens, and she looks at me, and she's just stacked. And I was like, "So Dante Hall is gonna be at the club?" He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna meet up with Dante." So I was like, "Oh man, that's so cool." So we get there, you know, and Dante's there, and I, I tell him, you know, it's like, hey, she still has a picture from when she was like 18, and they went to the training camp, and she got a picture with you, and he's like, man, that's so cool. And so, you know, they got a picture together, and um, and then I told Dante, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm a food guy, and I tell my, you know, story, and I was like, I actually do graphic design and all this stuff as well, and um, he's like, let me get your number, you know, and I'm like, is this dude drunk or something, you know, so he literally like takes my phone and then puts his number in there and he's like, shoot me a text. And I was like, okay. So I just, you know, Hey, this is Mike, whatever. And he's like, I'm going to get a hold of you about some stuff. So I was like, okay, you know, and, uh, I, I didn't think anything would happen with it. You know what I mean? And about a week later, you know, sure enough, he gets a hold of me like, Hey man, I'm working on this stuff. What do you think? You think you can help me out with it? Whatever. So Dante and I keep talking, we do some events together, become friends. And, uh, so now, you know, like we just, do events together and it's it's been pretty cool so yeah because i know you've done a couple of events with him and everything it, yeah so w- with that is it you're obviously you're cooking mm-hmm. and what kind of events are those so we've we st- the first one we did was um, a small event for him him and some friends uh we went down to like the power and light um he had his own little event to where i did brunch for him and literally that was uh he got a hold of me on halloween and was like, hey, man, I'm going to be in Power and Light. Um, I want you to come make brunch tomorrow. So it was like, tomorrow, I need you to be in <laughs> Kansas guys City. On short notice? Yeah, all, yeah, it's always short notice. Always short notice. But um, he's like, can you do brunch? And this is like 8 o'clock at night. And I'm like, yeah, for how many people? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, where at? And he's like, I don't know yet. So I'm like, can you get me some information yeah, real quick? Enough. Yeah. So um, I was like – can you let me know something? And he's like, give me an hour. So, you know, I'm kind of hanging out with my kids outside. Um, we like made our backyard and made this like really cool, like Halloween thing to where they're mm-hmm. like playing games and stuff. And so we're having fun doing that. And I'm like, you know, half you're distracted, a, like you're thinking, dressed up in a costume. I know. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We was Barry Doughboy. Wow. I don't know if that was a fat joke or no, it was a food joke, but oh, okay. you took it there. Okay. Maybe that's just my self-conscious, like, <laughs> ring out or something. <laughs> so, uh, okay, note to self. Yeah. So, Mike's a little touchy. Anyway, sensitive. I'm, uh, I'm just kind of hanging out, you know, just waiting. And, uh, it gets about 10 o'clock. And 
I'm like, I got to go to the store. You know, it's like, I got to figure something out. So, um, you might, you might be making brunch for the family. if it doesn't And that's out. what I thought. I was like, I'm just going to buy some stuff. And worst case scenario, I have stuff at the house and we'll, we'll figure it out. So I'm literally walking around Walmart, just like, okay, what am I going to do? I have no idea what that means. Like I have some specialty things that I do. So I'm just going to start picking up some stuff. And then I'm finally like walking around. I remember I was like in the, the freezer section and, um, he finally calls and he's like, all right, man, we're going to do like 10 people. We're going to do it about like 11 o'clock and here's a location. So I was like, okay, I already had my sous chef on the line, you know, prior to, and he's like, I'm there, you know, let's do it. I had another buddy, Nate, uh, from lives around Kansas city. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll come help too or whatever, you know? So, um, I was pretty much, you know, had my stuff ready to go already, but it's just, it's crazy how last minute this stuff can be, mm-hmm. but, um, it's fun though. Yeah. So, so time frame on that, you, what kind of time frame are you talking about when you were starting to do stuff with? Oh man. Um, they, it was the first year they won the Super Bowl, whenever that was. So that would have been, uh, see, this is 23. They were in it in 22 and lost and they won it in 21. 21. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2013-ish is when it started. And, mm-hmm. Right around there, yeah. Yeah, so 10 years. And <clears throat> so what I were, what we had originally talked about with bringing you on here was game, mm-hmm. cooking wild game. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, well, you know, I know from experience that game can be a little bit tough to cook. Absolutely. Because it's, I mean, ever gamey, mm-hmm. you know, you, to get that. You know, I think our palate is so narrow in mm-hmm. in America mm-hmm. um, that if it doesn't taste just like you know beef or doesn't taste like it's you know like we perceive it to be, then all of a sudden it's you know I really don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's not right. So, and I think that's the problem. I think the things that we are accustomed to are so mild, mm-hmm. you know, that it's it just, it isn't right, you know? And I think one thing that deters people from game as well is the, the wild aspect where if you don't cook it right, you know, people think you're just immediately going to get sick or there's, you know, I mean, it's not like you're dealing with bear and there's going to be all these, you know, worms or whatever. That's just going to try to kill you from the inside. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I connected with this, this character named Dylan Ray and, uh, things just got really crazy off the get go. So you, at one point here, so for our listeners out there, um, Dylan is our um, is our, our powder and string podcast. He's our um, our guy. I don't. I'm kind of really really um, low tech, and I don't have very high standards, obviously. So Dylan is our guy, and we're poking fun at him because he's sitting here in the back of the room. But um, I call him about I don't know. It's probably like a month ago, and I was like, hey. What do you think about if I reach out to Mike and have him on for, you know, cooking and wild game? And here I am thinking, I've got this this idea that's just, you know, nobody's ever thought of this before. And Dylan's like, oh, yeah, we did that one time. Like, no, we've done that. Yeah, I already done that. And I'm like, oh, really? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what if I get this chef to talk about, no, we did that. That's already done that. <laughs> Yeah, we so, had this whole like show idea and we, yeah. Yeah, no, so I want to talk about that. So you had, I think, I mean, so then later on, you know, not later on, but so then as the conversation continues, and you're going to have to fill us in because I really don't know much, but it was basically, it was, what was the name of it going to be or what was? Kill and Eat. Kill and Eat. So, yeah. And I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So you have 
So again, talking, you know, for our listeners, you have very limited outdoor hunting experience prior to the kill and eat uh, yeah. experience, I guess. Or, so that, that's the weird thing for me is I was never much of a hunter. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't mess around with guns a lot than other than, you know, like rifles in the military. And even then I was the unit armor, you know, mm-hmm. so I mean, I did mess with weapons a lot, but I just didn't like go out and, you know, shoot animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it's not like I was opposed to it. It just was never my thing. Right. You know, um, and then Dylan and I, we worked together and everything. And, you know, I knew he was this big hunter guy and I'm like, that's cool, man. You know, and then I don't know if it just turned into, you know, Hey, I've got some duck. You should try something with it. And then he had this concept of like, you know, what if I killed something and you cooked it, you know, and then it was like, Hey, let's, let's try it. Let's try the show out and see what we can make of it. And I did just so much ridiculous stuff in the army, you know, Mm -hmm. like even now it's like, dude, the idea of camping just does not sound fun when you are out sleeping on the floor or in a cot in like, you know, Yakima and things like that, just constantly getting rained on or sleeted on and snowed on. And, you know, half the time we didn't have shelter, no tents, nothing like that. It's like, you're literally just putting a tarp on you and just getting pelted, you know, Mm -hmm. And um, it just really ruins the camping experience because, you know, you're outside for months at a time, you know, no showers, no, no nothing. You mm-hmm. know, it's like your whole life is roughing it constantly. Right. So um, the whole outdoors experience is just kind of. It's not your thing. It's just gone at right. that point. You know what I mean? So um, I, I feel like I kind of got lost for that. So then, you know, Dylan comes to me and he's like, hey, man, we should uh, we should go do this duck hunt. You know, it's it's uh, 20 degrees outside. You know, you know, we should just get a bunch of layers of clothes on and go lay down next to a river. You know, it's going to be so fun, man. We're going to be freezing. We're going to be hungry. Yeah, we did get breakfast pizza. We did get breakfast pizza. Um, But, yeah, I just remember, man, I'm just. Laying there with my camera, just freezing, just trying to, you know, stay warm. Everybody's laying there with their guns, just super excited. We so did you're just, in layout blinds, I'm assuming? We didn't have blinds. We just literally laid on rocks and stuff and just were kind of <laughs> hanging out. So all these good old boys with guns, you know, just kind of hanging out, waiting for it. You know, we're kind of in this, like, grove area, you know, uh, along, like, a river, you know. Mm-hmm. So they had decoys out on the water. So they're kind of waiting for some ducks to come in so they could just jump up and start, you know, yelling – good old boy things and just blasting stuff. <laughs> so, um, I love your story. Yeah. And, and that's, that's exactly how it happened too. And it was just so cool, man. Um, so, you know, I, we had a couple come in and everything. And I remember at one point, like, I think we were about to call it a day because like, we're all kind of getting up, getting ready to do something. And all of a sudden I think it was Dylan. He's like, there's a duck. And then he like jumps up and just like, I want to say he like hip shoots it. You know what I mean? He just pops up and it goes, bam. And then like it just drops. So like we weren't even paying attention. It's like, he just looks out of the corner's eye. One's dropping in and he just like, just pulls it up and just shoots real fast. And he, he takes it down. You so. make, you make Dylan, you don't have to boost his ego. You're making him. No, it was be like this superhero. It was He's definitely not, an accident. It was definitely an accident. Yeah. So, yeah. um, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but it was, I mean, it was fun though, you know, and, uh, we just like the deer experience. It was like my first time, I think going hunting with him and, um, he wants to put his lack of aim, um, to be my fault because, 
So prior to, prior, yeah. I mean, if you would have been ready, that's the point of hunting, right? You're supposed to be ready for your surroundings. I mean, like in the military, they teach us, you know, like when you're in your element, like you're supposed to be up and ready. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be good to go. So um, prior to us going, um, I made like this bomb smoked meatloaf. And it was an accident. Like, I don't, I don't know what I made. Like, I want to say the grill was even giving me a hard time. Like, whatever. But anyways, I made this smoked meatloaf, and it turned out so good. I had it all cut up. Like, we had these uh, wine buns, maybe. I don't know. But, or, yeah, not meatloaf. I'm sorry. Smoked bologna. It was really good. Super good. So, anyways, I had I had these, uh, this pack of it ready to go. And uh, we're setting up this ground blind. And um, it was by this, like, bank. So, like, you had to go, like, uphill. The deer did. We didn't, I guess. So anyways, we had it set up and ready. It was beautiful. Like it was going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dylan's been pounding this bologna. And um, I'm like, you know what? It's going to be cold. I'm going to need something refreshing, something delicious, something comforting. I brought some hot chocolate. You know? Naturally. You know, it was delicious. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? It's just a day out in the woods. Yeah. With your bros. Like, why wouldn't you do that? So anyways, I had my camera. I had my hot chocolate. We're sitting there for a while. Dude's on his phone, obviously. You know, he's he's hunting. Mm-hmm. And I assume that I don't know if that's what like a lot of hunters do. Like do you just go out there and like play games on your phone? Like is this like a time to get away from your your wife and kids? I I don't know. Like I don't know if that's what hunting is. <clears throat> but well, anyway. Keep going. Okay. It's so, a great story. I love it. So we're sitting there and I'm actually like sitting there with my hot chocolate in one hand, the camera in the other. Obviously, because I gotta have it on the ready. Because you're ready, because your military yeah, background. I'm ready. So I'm ready to go. And I'm hearing this noise. And I'm like, okay, you know, could be a raccoon or something. I don't know. But it, it sounds pretty heavy. So I'm looking around. And then all of a sudden, from um, like this depression behind us, this deer comes walking up. And obviously, you know, I've seen deer on TV and stuff, but I've never been like right next to one. I had no mm-hmm. idea. Like, and how, you're in a ground blind. Yeah, I've had no idea how huge they are because I've never had one like look me in my eyes. So here comes this massive deer and it's like staring at me, you know, and it doesn't know we're, we're here yet. So I'm like, Dylan, Dylan, you know, I'm like, he's on like, his phone. Yeah, yeah, he's crushing candy and stuff. And um, so like, you know, he goes to get his bow and he's like, trying to be all calm to bring up his bow and get ready and everything. And um, this thing's literally so close. I could have went like that and like smacked it in the face, you know, yeah. like it's right there. And uh, I feel like at that point, you know, there's like a crosswind, it smells us or something. And this thing jumps super high in the air and just takes off running. And it had my drilling going like, I understand why people hunt now, you know, because yeah, that's I mean, it. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, insane. We, we talk about all the time, you know, as hunters or, I mean, even on here that, you know, it's not just the the kill. It's mm-hmm. not just there's so much, so many other experiences. Just like what you're talking about, you are out with your friends. It's the, you know, it's the experience leading up to it, preparing, getting, you know, putting out your stands, putting mm-hmm. out the you know the ground blinds, the you know food plots, all that different stuff. It's all the experience you know leading up to it that that makes the hunting. It's not just the the the, the act of you know taking the the animal, whatever it is. Yeah. So. So I th- I think that that's a pretty graphic um, and detailed outline of your experience of hunting and and for for the listeners out there. And so the next thing I want to talk about is game mm-hmm. cooking game mm-hmm. and you know everything like you know wild you know fish um, all of it. Do in your in your experience with with cooking and stuff like that? Do you 
do you ever throw that kind of wild game in to the mix? Have you? And what does that kind of what does that kind of look like? So, um, yeah, I will get um, things from people who are hunters. You know, I have a lot of hunters in my family and friends and things like that. And um, even just you know catching fish. You know, I love doing things like we actually made a ceviche with. Um, so what is a ceviche? What makes a ceviche? So ceviche is basically just cooking <clears throat> seafood in um, acid. And that is the cooking process. You're technically not cooking it with uh, flame or anything like that. So uh, Dylan actually did an episode where they went uh, crappie fishing and they caught a bunch of crappie. They they flayed it and brought me the stuff to see what I could do with it. So I took a bunch of lime juice and... Uh, some roasted peppers and made it what they call an agua de chile and i basically just made ceviche with it so you're basically marinating the the fish in that to let the acid cook it and then i made a bunch of tosadas with it so i have like avocado i have the fish i used uh, pickled onions and things like that and it makes like the best tosada and it's like a go-to now. Anytime Dylan wants to go fishing, you know, he's like, can you do some ceviche for me? You mm-hmm. know, so um, I have people in my family that love to deer hunt, you know. So right. anytime they're like, hey, I've got a whole freezer full of deer. And a lot of it is just knowing what you want to do with it. You know, the things that can maybe help to reduce the game flavor or even So just, what does that look like? What do you, how do you do that? Like for, for somebody who's just a, you know, a regular, mm-hmm. you know, just in their own kitchen at home, cook. I, I like to try to experiment with different ways of soaking. Um, so I've, I've experimented with things like cold water to help draw out some of the, the excess like blood or myoglobin, things like that. A lot of times people will see the red still in it, you know, and they're like, oh, it's still bleeding. And it's like, well, it's probably just the myoglobin still in it. Um, so things like cold water. Because that's the, if I remember right, that's the, when you cook a steak, mm-hmm. the red that you see on your plate, Afterward, it's not really blood. Yeah, exactly. So people will see that even in um, like meat packs and things like that, and they're like, "Oh, it's still bleeding," or it's whatever. You know, it's it's not necessarily just the blood that's still in it. It's it's you know other elements to it. So uh, things like cold water, even salted water, you know, with like fish can help draw out some some of the the flavor to it. Uh, even buttermilk soaks, things like that, can really help to to pull out things like that. Uh, marinades will help a lot. Uh, using herbs obviously can help um, change the flavor because if you're using, you know, wild porks and things like that, and there are things obviously you need to be aware of because if you're hunting wild boar, you know there are these pockets of stank. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you oh. gotta you gotta make sure you're trimming out or trimming around because you you cut into some of these you know nasty pockets, then you're gonna taint the meat and it's not good for anybody. Right, and that's one thing that. I've also heard over and over again, and, and, you know, in my experience, I know, or I guess I should say I know from experiences is that there is a, there is a lot to be said about the, um, the, when, when you're butchering the deer or when you're, or, or the animal or whatever it is, when you're, when you're, you know, cleaning it, mm-hmm. that, that has a, a big effect on, or can have a big effect on the meat and the, ultimately the table fare. Yep. So um, field cleaning, I know, is very important. You know, if you're cutting out, you know, the intestine area, you puncture something wrong, you know, you're going to have a huge problem. But um, 
as far as the flavoring goes, it really helps to know, you know, that's when knowing food will really help because like I said, it just depends on what you're pairing with, you know, using things like fresh herbs and wines, things like that will kind of help to overcome that flavor, different sauces, things like that will, you know, be beneficial because you're not tasting straight deer meat for somebody who may not like deer meat. A lot of it too can be the texture. You know, somebody may not like deer because they think it's more lean. Obviously it's going to be more lean meat. So, um, adding things like fats to it, you know, bacon obviously helps with, um, things like smaller bird, you know. So it is true then that bacon makes everything better. That is true. Yeah, absolutely. That I, I believe that. Yeah. And a lot of times people use it as a mask, but, um, it generally will help. So, so when talk about that mask versus versus trying to mix it to enhance the flavors or, I mean, was there a difference or what, what did you, I felt like you'd meant something by people using it as a mask. Yeah. So I got to go hang out with Aaron Franklin from Franklin barbecue down in Austin. And this guy has like a cult following and this guy is only open a few hours of a few days and he sells out of barbecue every single day. And I remember talking to him about barbecue and I want to say this video on my YouTube has What's your YouTube channel, by the way? I don't even know. Mike Castaneda. And there's probably a few of us, but I think mine probably stands out higher than the the fake Mike Castaneda's out there. The inferior? Yeah, the others. No, I don't want to say that. You don't want to... I don't want to say that because a few of them do follow me, and I think that's super cool. There's a few, I want to say, and the other just, ones like are in like Texas and California, and they're a, super cool. You're just a, a, a wise guy by nature, and that's what you meant by that. I know that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll go with that. But um, yeah, there's there's a few others out there, and they follow me, and I think that's awesome. So, um, but yeah, uh, on my YouTube, I think it's just Mike Castaneda. Everything else I have is Foodie Mike C. But um, for some reason, not my not my YouTube. But anyway, I think that video is around getting close to four hundred thousand views right now, and. Um, it's all because of Aaron. I mean, this guy is just the most amazing pit master and he has no secrets. He's the kind of guy you say, you know, you ask him anything and he'll tell you and show you exactly what he does. But I remember with his barbecue, you know, he was talking about how he doesn't really like barbecue sauce because he said, you know, if you've spent this much time and care into making it, he's like, don't you want to taste it? So, you know, for me, I, I do appreciate sauces, all the seasonings and everything, but it's like when you make a dish, this, this is why I'm not big on ketchup. You know what I mean? Because. So you're not a Patrick Mahomes fan? No, I wouldn't say that. I'm just, I don't <laughs> understand the people that will go to a restaurant and be like, give me a steak. Oh, yeah. And bring out ketchup or Heinz 57 mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, it's like, I will do a chimichurri steak, you know, and I think it's delicious. But I'm not totally going to coat it. You know, I want to make a beautiful steak, and I want you to eat the steak. I, I don't know what a, I don't it. know what a chimichurri steak is. What's that? Okay, so you have had a chimichurri sauce, whether oh. you know it or not, right? Do you? We, I, I made you a burger the other day that yeah. had pulled pork and a chimichurri sauce on it. It was awesome. Okay, so the chimichurri sauce, I will make that, and I will kind of just do a light drizzle over steak. And so it's like you're eating the steak and you're mm -hmm. getting this like amazing steak flavor, but then you have this bright like explosion of cilantro and garlic and acid and a little bit of honey, you know, so it just complements the rich, you know, savory beef flavor. Yeah. So that's what I want. Everything that I do, I want to have a nice balance, you know, but if you're like dipping steak in 
ketchup and just shoving it in your mouth. It's like you're eating ketchup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, why? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my whole thing. And if that's the way you eat, you know, whatever, that's fine. You know, if you just want to cover everything in ranch and eat the ranch and that's, you know, that's fine. You know, if, if pizza, I do like my ranch, I, yeah, there's nothing wrong with ranch. If, if pizza is just a vessel to put ranch into your mouth and that's fine. No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, and I'm a pizza. Pizza is like my thing too. Yeah. Like anybody that knows me, mm-hmm. I probably, I don't know if I should say this, you know, where it's recorded, but cause sometimes I don't, completely come clean with my wife mm-hmm. and kids. There um, you go. This yeah. is the segment right here. I feel like I'm now, we've now have just gone into a counseling session. Okay. But, um, my name is Kip mm-hmm. and I'm a pizza freak. I like, I will, I, I will eat pizza honestly five or eight meals a week. Okay. I would eat more, but I feel kind of, I feel like kind of like an addict. Okay. Well, I'm going to introduce you something. Have you heard of the uni? I feel like now we're talking about um, ancient uh, aliens. Okay. Well, this the, maybe the Uni tribe. This no. this is how we're gonna get. The, okay, maybe this is how we get sponsored. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna record this clip. We're gonna send it to Uni, and we're okay. gonna see about getting a sponsorship now. Um, uni is this amazing pizza oven. Okay. And it's small. It's portable. But this thing, um, they can do gas or pellet, mm-hmm. and it gets like seven hundred degrees. It takes about ten minutes to fire up, but um, seven hundred degrees. And this thing will make a pizza in like one minute. Get out of here. It's crazy. So like from, from, Uni, the, how do you spell it? Uh, it used to be U U N I and then they changed it to O O N I. And I think to make it more, you know, but anyways, this thing is incredible. I literally will make a bunch of dough, you know, sometimes on the weekends when I have the kids and stuff, let mm-hmm. them make their own pizzas. And it comes with like all the trays and everything you need to like shove them in and out. But like every 20 seconds, like you like put the pizza in, put the, these are like little personal pan pizzas or whatever. I mean, you can get big ones and make giant ones. You know what really? I mean? So um, I, I got to show you this thing now. But uh, yeah, you literally will put it in there, count to 20, take the front off, give it a, a third turn, put it back on, and it's like brick oven pizza. So by the time you turn it a couple times, you take it out, it's like this beautiful brick oven pizza, and it's 60 seconds. Man, yeah, that... It's going to change your life. I, maybe I should have started off by saying... I like to eat pizza that's already made. Okay, so not not making pizza. No, I, I'm not a. I do like making food too. I just uh, I seem to find myself rather it be. Well, no, I wouldn't. I don't even know that I'd say I'd rather it. I just time is not something of a commodity that I have a lot of, and so okay. But my point with eating pizza was is that I don't even know why we got on a pizza, but I uh, really like pizza. Okay. What What did you say that was about pizza? There was something you said about pizza. Pizza and ranch. Pizza and ranch. Yeah. Where I was going with that was is that I don't usually use ranch okay. with my pizza, but I do love ranch. And before that, we were talking about ketchup. Okay. And I, people that know me know I'm also a ketchup freak, but I don't. I've only a handful of times have I ever put ketchup on a steak, and that was because it was like well done and inedible. It was almost inedible. I just okay. didn't want to throw the food away, so I was like, well, I got to put this ketchup on here to help hydrate it. So you you do strike me as a big um, chicken strip, macaroni and cheese, ketchup. I ranch. will go back to the basics. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I was you know college days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back to the basics. Okay, I I did last night had a bowl of ramen noodles because I was hungry at like I don't know eleven forty five. I was like I need to get something to eat or I'm going to be yeah hangry all night. Okay, so yeah, I will go back to the basics. But I also like good you know like. I mean, 
I like food, and I'm hungry right now. I am too. I'm going to make you something after this. We're going to try something new. Uh, you made some tacos yesterday. Yeah. We we had a meeting yesterday, and you made some tacos. Quesaberia. Say it again. Quesaberia. Whatever he said. Um, I don't know how to explain this, but um, you made them, and it, we were had a. We, uh, for, for those who don't know, Mike's been helping. Uh, I also own a restaurant and bar, and Mike's been helping over there um, as their, as a chef. We do these uh, tastings, these wine tastings, and uh, we do them every um, Wednesday in February. And it's kind of a little bit. Uh, it's a real big deviation from what the restaurant normally is. But anyway, Mike came on and, and helped us with that, and so. Um, we had a little meeting and you made these, what were they? Quesabiria tacos. Uh, those things. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I didn't realize that he made them for basically, it was for everybody. It's for everybody to take one and Kip's like double fisting just right around. <laughs> I felt really bad afterwards, but they were so good. Uh, we even had a baby in attendance and the baby's like just sitting here like smacking yeah, them just like yeah, having a real good was, time. It was, yeah, it was awesome. It was ba- It was bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Off. First rule of podcast podcast club. Yeah, that's my first one. So, so when you're cooking game, do you do do you follow the same rules as what you would with cooking, you know, chicken or beef or sometimes sometimes it's different though. And, um, and how close does I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions at once, mm-hmm. and then we'll see how many you can remember. What about like? I mean, for non, you know, non-traditional table fare that wouldn't maybe necessarily be considered game, like you know, maybe goat or mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I love that question because lamb, goat was is typically for birria is goat is typically like what you would do, and that might be well, what did you you said what birria? What is that? So like what you had yesterday. The, okay. So birria can be the soup. It can be um, a taco. It can be whatever you want. So actually, when I was at the World Food Championships, I actually made a birria ramen, and it was ridiculous. So basically, what you do is you're making your ramen, but you're using the broth and you're using the meat to make the ramen. You know what I mean? So imagine having just a huge bowl of ramen with the consomme as your your ramen broth and that delicious meat on top. You're having you know, I don't know cilantro and onions. You're doing like lime juice, tahini, chamoy, like all, all the, the awesome Latin flavors. So you're like just elevating that ramen and um, you can do whatever you want with it. But um, originally goat is typical, you know, and I think that's why is because, you know, they're they're using when you're making birria, you're using all these extra spices, all these extra peppers, things like that. Because if you tell somebody, hey, we're going to have just some stewed goat. You know, your first response is mm, probably not. You know, I'm not going to do that because not so much we you got to mess. Yeah, your pocket. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like goat in itself probably is not going to have the most desired flavor. You know what I mean? But it's like okay, well, you add a bunch of garlic, you add some oregano, you add some some peppers and some other things. You know, it's like you're probably not going to have this goat flavor as much as you're going to be tasting like cumin and you know the bay leaf and all this other stuff. You're going to be tasting like ancho peppers and guajillos and and things like that. And that's where birria is so good because you're getting all these other essences of flavors and then you're getting this this meat, you know, coming through. So I think that's why, like, this culture is so amazing to me because, you know, it's like you're getting things from necessity 
that, you know, I don't, people don't want to just eat tongue all the time. You know, people don't want to eat intestines and things well, like that. Well, I mean, that, it goes but, back to like, you know, when you hear about people that go over to Africa and go hunting, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people don't realize how important the hunting is to those those communities, those little those little um, you know villages, mm-hmm. and every single piece of mm-hmm. that animal is used Absolutely. in one way or the other. And that I mean, they're they don't have the they don't have the luxury of being able to say, uh, I don't really think I want to eat tongue. Yeah. And it's fun for everybody else, you know, to go to Africa to do a hunt or whatever, you know, and just like the indigenous people here, you know, it's like the, the same rules apply. You use every single aspect of the hunt, you know, and, uh, and, you know, down in Mexico, you know, it's no exception, you know, they used everything of what they had to, to, to survive. So, um, you know, that's why you have a lot of these crazy dishes, you know, even to the effect of using blood as a thickener, you know, a lot of these old school Mexican recipes, they would use blood as a thickener for soups and stews and things like that. Um, sausages, you know, um, a lot of cultures will use blood, like there's blood sausage because it's a thickener for, you know, these ingredients. It's crazy. So it, it's wild. It's, it's crazy. The, the ways that people, had to survive and it's still a part of our history, you know? Yeah. And, and I can tell you that, you know, going back, uh, to talking about like our, the little, um, the wine nights that we do when we, we've been doing them for like 10 years now, but when we first started, um, we found that if we gave the recipe out, I mean the menu out, Mm -hmm. not the recipe, but the menu out that the, you know, surf and turf night would just, I mean, we'd be, you know, sold out because we limit how many people because it's a, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a little bit, it's a lot different, uh, experience than, you know, your rest, regular restaurant and bar. It's a private event. We close the mm-hmm. doors and all that. Um, but it's, uh, we have to give themes because when people would find out, well, we're, you know, we're doing goat or we're doing mm-hmm. absolutely know, bison or whatever, then people are like, Hey, I don't know if I really want to eat that. Mm-hmm. And, when we started changing from giving out the menu to what, you know, just a theme night of what it was, then everything kind of evened out. And then people would have, have become are, are the people that come to it now. Like we have, we have like, I would say probably two thirds of the space that we have for each one of them. They're already like, as soon as we release them, they, people come, they're like, I don't want to go to that. Mm-hmm. They set their time up. They don't care which, which night they go to. So a lot of people go to all of them and it's because they're trying stuff that they're not going to probably be able to get just any anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I want. I want people, especially for myself, uh, when people see that I have a menu coming up, regardless of the menu's posted or not, even if I say, Hey, it's going to be pasta or it's going to be sandwiches. I don't want people to be like, well, I can make a sandwich at home. I want them to be rest assured that if I say I'm going to make you a sandwich, it's not going to be a sandwich you're going to make. It's not going to be a sandwich you're going to have anywhere in town. You probably, as if as for the listeners, that you probably won't even be able to pronounce it. That there's a good chance. There's a good chance, and it. Might <laughs> Sometimes be. I think Mike just makes words up just yeah. to make me feel stupid. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna make up some words. You're gonna say it's you're gonna, gonna it's gonna have something. It's probably gonna have an ingredient or two that you've never heard of, or you may I'm not even seen. gonna be able to. 
to to pronounce it, much less say it. So I'm just going to have to say we're going to have this. Yeah, you're going to exactly, and then I'll just say I'll just make up another word, yeah. and it'll sound close to the first word I made up because yeah. I can't even remember the word. But what was this? Uh, what were those tacos yesterday? Quesabiria. Yeah, queso birria. Queso birria. So basically, all that is is like a cheesy birria taco. Okay. So it, make, so it makes sense. Queso. Yeah. Queso. Birria. That's cheese. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just like a cooked cheese birria taco. And what's birria? So birria is like the... Wait a minute. Did you say sub-birria? Birria. B-I-R-R-I-A. Birria. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if you could tell right there in my head. I spelled it out and yeah. then tried to do the enunciation. Yeah. That's good. Hooked on phonics worked yeah. for me. Just like we were talking about tortillas. Yeah. Tortillas. Yeah, you can say it however you want. That's that's totally fine. But it's, it's not tortilla. It, it is. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So you were saying birria. Mm-hmm. What is this? so? Like I said, it's like the traditional like stewed meat. Okay. So typically goat, but it's cooked in all kinds of spices and peppers. So when I made it, it was actually American wagyu. And I cooked it with a bunch of stuff. I mean, a, there's a lot of different things. And I'm actually going to replicate it at your place today. So that's what I'm going to do after this. I'm going to go over. I'm going to replicate it because we're actually going to have it as a special on Tuesday. Dude, I'm I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy like half of them? I don't know. I usually – I usually – if, if I'm not able to get the special for the day mm-hmm. at the restaurant – I'm like, well, that's a good thing because we sold them all out. We sold them all out, but I don't know about tomorrow. I might have to. I mean, I'm. That's good food. I put it on my social, like as like a little teaser, and I just said, you know, like, hey, who wants some of these? And I had so many people like, yeah, I'm coming. When, where, like, how do I get them? So I was like, okay, well, I better put out some information then. So then, you know, I got a hold of everybody from next door and was like, Hey, I need to put out some information. Is it cool if I make a graphic? And they're like, yeah, we're going to get you on the page. We're going to get you access. Like, let's do it. Yeah. So I started putting information out and I feel like people are ready. So yeah, it's, it's good food and, um, it's really good. That's, I'm just, I don't know if you can tell or not, but I really liked it. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have fan. some new food out soon. Cool. I'm very excited. So <clears throat> I read a deal a while back about lamb. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting you on the spot, and maybe if if I you don't know, then I'll finally win. Um, uh, I'll have a, I'll have a mark in my column on food that you don't know. But that back in the day, I think this was like in the you know the, the 1900s, early 1900s, that basically a lot of the reason, or or maybe not a lot, but a, a reason why we don't have as lamb is not as much on our table as it is as beef is, um, had a lot to do with marketing. That basically lamb's a little bit more gamey, which I I've, I've eaten lamb and I like it. It doesn't. Mm, I do too. You know, it's, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I've ever craved it. Like mm-hmm. man, you know, a steak right now. Just, yeah. Whoa. You yeah, know exactly. And <clears throat> I mean, I said that it made me think. So one thing that you know it's starting to warm up this time of year and everything. And one of the things my wife and I do for for good for fun um, is you know we jump on our golf cart and we'll drive around town and you know go go to people, you know, each other's friends' houses or whatever. And I don't care. I could be just getting done eating and I go buy a barbecue, somebody cooking steak. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, all right, I want some steak. Mm-hmm. So I've never been like that with 
with lamb, but I don't mind it. I, I, think I have it's some good. in my freezer right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, it, I guess in my mind, my very limited food mind is I go from, like, I look at steak, you know, and then I go, well, then the next kind of, you know, progress or the next step towards game is probably like lamb. And then it would go to goat. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get probably then to, to really truly game animals of, you know, deer, vi- you know, mm-hmm. venison, elk, that kind of stuff. Is that, am I, is that a true visual, I guess, or is that a... I think so. I think um, lamb, lamb is, I, I feel an easy one. I think lamb is a great transition. And um, even like my wife, she's not big on lamb. She feels like there's that game to it that she's not big into, but um, I, I love lamb. Um, I, th- I think it's pretty versatile. I think there's a lot you can do with it. And to me, it's really not too hard to, to cook with. I think if you give it a nice sear, maybe braise it, you know, it's it's pretty easy, pretty delicious. But I agree. I feel like if you're going to try to transition in the game and you haven't really done it, you know, maybe don't just jump from steak to goat or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if you want to make a transition, you know, go go into lamb, give it a shot, you know, look up a few recipes or something and go about it that way. Maybe start with some shanks or something or some, you know, lamb chops. Something and, a and lamb's smaller. a little greasy, is that right? Um, I mean, it can be, but I think it's all about the, the preparation of it. Um, that's why I said maybe the chops, because I mean, those, you can do a, a quick little pan sear on them. They're so small that, um, I think it would be great. You know, those things are, you know, a couple bites and they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. So have you, you earlier, you spoke about, um, you know, hog boar. Mm-hmm. Have you cooked wild boar before wild hog before yeah we did we're tell me a little bit about that because i've always heard that that they're not they're really not good to eat so they they were tough they were very tough um but we we um we smoked it and we treated it like a, a pulled pork and the thing is you know it's it's the fat content that's something you have to be aware of with a lot of the game you have to be aware of the fat content so with game you want to take the fat out so or do you a, want to leave it there? A lot of the time you want to take the fat off because first off, I think it's a concern for, you know, a lot of the time with game, you're not super quick to get it out. So, I mean, it depends on obviously the time that you're killing it. Um, if, and the temperature. Yeah, the temperature. Exactly. So um, if it's the middle of winter or something, you know, it's super cold day and, you know, you can let it set outside and it's not, you know, 40, 50 degrees and, you know, the fat and meat starting to, you know, decompose immediately, you know, then it's not as big of an issue. But um, I feel like trimming as much fat off as you can will help because um, fat is a lot of the flavor, you know, and that if you think about beef, you know, you're having a steak, a lot of the flavor of the, the beef is going to come from the fat. But um, I think you're going to get a lot of that from the game as well. But when you're trimming the fat, you're also trimming off a lot of the what's going to help with the tenderness. You know, like when you're smoking, you're rendering fat, and that's what's going to help break down, you know, some of the the tissue and keep it, you know, moisturized essentially as well. So um, that's when basting will come into effect, you know, as well, keeping it uh, moisturized. You can even use fat to kind of help render over the top of it to keep, you know, kind of that unctuous, you know, 
I guess, lubrication on it, essentially. So when they were obviously trimming up everything, they were good to take a decent amount of the fat off, you know, keep it trimmed well. They were, you know, mindful of making sure like those, you know. So when you're on a wild animal, when you're cooking game, do you, and you're trimming all the fat off, then that's where you reintroduce? So you definitely can. That's why a lot of people will do things like either covering it in bacon, wrapping it in bacon. And I can't remember the name of it, but there was like this fat netting. Uh, if Dylan was here, I'm sure he would know immediately what it's called, but they will, they will get that a lot and they will, um, wrap it in that and, um, basically use that as, you know, just constant, um, like fat hydration essentially, like while they're, they're mm-hmm. cooking with it. And, uh, it's a, like a safer method. Because I know sometimes it's some, some game processors, you take your deer in and they'll introduce, you know, hey, do you want to throw some exactly. mixture of, mm-hmm. of, you know, beef in with it or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And I've done that before and, you know, it, it definitely will help with that gaminess. I, I, I like venison. I, I'll eat it. I have no problem with it. Um, but for some that don't, you know, that's definitely, and, and you, you know, the other thing that you, you, that I've struggled with, I think anybody out there that's, that's cooked game is the dryness. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to that, that dryness can be. Yeah. So one thing I like to do, um, you can actually take like a packet of gelatin, you know, and you can add like your hot water to, you know, like, hydrate, like to jello. bloom. Yeah. Not like Jello, but you know, like packets of gelatin. Oh, oh okay, I'm yes. following you. Yeah. See, that's my extent of cooking. Yeah, so they make just unflavored gelatin packets yep. that um, you can add your your water to to bloom it. But what you can do is take like to a bloom it. Yeah, to bloom. So when you have your dried Jello gelatin, not Jello gelatin, <laughs> I got it in your head. <laughs> you got it in my head now. So you take your dried gelatin and mm-hmm. you add your water to it, whatever it might be. If it's a you know quarter cup, half cup, whatever. And you can take, you could actually do it with like a beef stock or something if you'd rather, but I like to use uh, beef base because it has more flavor. So for example, you're using venison, something like that. Take a little beef base and you can mix it with like a quarter cup, half cup of water, something like that. And then you add your, your gelatin to it and it'll bloom. So it'll get hard. It'll, all the gelatin will expand and turn into the gelatin. That was my phone going off. There's a wildcat in here. Yeah, that's my K-State. Don't worry, guys. We're safe. I really thought I turned my phone off. (laughs) Man. So anyways, what you do is once this gelatin has bloomed and it's set, right, you take like a wire mesh sieve and you put the the gelatin on there and you force it through the sieve, right? So what it'll do is it'll basically kind of grate this gelatin down through the sieve and makes like these little particles. So from there, you mix those particles into like your ground venison. So it'll add this gelatin hydrated, you know, a little extra beef flavor or whatever, but it adds this moisture to it. So when you're making whatever it is, if it's meatballs, if it's hamburger patties, meatloaf, whatever, it's going to give you extra flavor and hydration. So it's going to kind of mask a little of the game flavor. It's going to add some, you know, hydration to the meat. So it's not going to be as dry and it's going to just and when you're doing that, are you what? How are you cooking it? In at, if you're 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 preparing and doing all this stuff, or how are you cooking the meat? Then are you baking it? Or well, that's what I'm saying. It can be whatever you want. If you want to do it as a burger, you do it as a burger. If you want to make meatballs, if you want to make, you know, even even just doing it as a, a ground meat, you you can do it that way. You know, you're just adding some extra flavor and hydration to it. So that's a, a cool little tip to just kind of pick up your your game game. Right. We'll call it game game. Your game game. I kind of like that. Yeah. Pick up your game game. 
I like that game game. I think we might we need to hash start a hashtag. Yeah, hashtag game game. I like it. Right. So, what is the toughest game there? Game game. What's the the, the most difficult meat or what that you've cooked that you're so the the boar was was uh, kind of a challenge a little bit um because you're you're dealing with less fat it's it's a pretty lean animal but um like i said what we did is we smoked it and when we smoked it it was actually sleeting on us but it was wild we used to was go, this when you were at one of the one of the kill and eats it was killing oh killing yeah okay. so it was killing eat and uh they did a hog hunt and um you know, they, they got a couple of them and they got them, you know, all trimmed down and everything. And it, we were supposed to have this nice weekend and we were going to do a community event. We we're going to let people come eat, let them experience, you know, wild boar so they can know what it tastes like and know that it can be good food. We had my buddy Shane from Gorilla Grills down. We used one of Gorilla's Kamado Grills, which is like a big green egg kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, weather turned on us. I mean, it got bad. Like I said, it was sleeting on us. So... Are you familiar with like the chimneys, you know, mm-hmm. to start charcoal? We used one chimney of charcoal and we just got just the bottom lit and we shook it in a circle on the inside and that's all we used. Um, so just one part was lit and it would start circling around, you know, just to – and that's all we used for the fuel. And we had that sucker loaded, that Kamado loaded with, um, you know, just butts of the the hog and – um we, we got it situated in a way that, you know, it had proper air intake or whatever. And I want to say that thing ran in the sleet for around six hours. On just one On, on just that one chimney. Wow. At 225 without us messing with it. We let that thing run for like That's six crazy. hours by itself. And it was like the coolest thing ever. I was so stoked at how well that thing did. That's but, crazy. But yeah, so I mean, we did we did a little injection and we did uh, some seasoning, you know, some rub on it. And um we, I, I want to say we let it sit in the coolers and everything. And I mean, by the time we were done though, we had this just amazing pulled pork. And I mean, it was, it was delicious. And yeah, I don't know, man, it turned out so well. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that it was wild. Yeah. That's, I'm, that's, that's crazy that it lasted that long. I know. On, it, it's like one of my favorite stories, like for, for Gorilla Grills, because it was just an amazing is, product. Is, and that, because the grill must have been yeah. so well built and manufactured to, Absolutely. to be that efficient. Yeah. And it's like half the cost of a big green egg, too. That's so, crazy. Yeah. I'll have to look into those. those are, that's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. So I wanted to talk also, you, you talked about ceviche. Mm hmm. Tell me a little bit more about how does that, you know, cooking with the acidity, how does that, what, what can you use for that acidic? What, what are the other ingredients that, that will allow you or do that for you? I mean, it really just anything that's super acidic, like limes, lemon, anything like that. Um, I've done it with both. So, um, but really any, any shrimp, any kind of, um, you know, fish, Anything that you want to use to make a tacos, tostadas, anything like that tostadas. that you want to, yeah. If you want to make a, a salad, it? tostada. Tostada. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. really good. Just <laughs> for for a kid from the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds perfect. perfect. Yeah. But yeah, you can make you can make some really good stuff, and you can experiment it, experiment with it by using uh, different chiles and things like that to 
you know, obviously change the flavor. Um, like I said, I'll add a little sweetness to it because obviously if you're making. So what do you do for sweetness? Um, I mean, I typically use honey, but you can use like agave, you know, even use like sugars and things like that. But that's it. I always see that and I think that's raw. The fish mm-hmm. is raw. Mm-hmm. But so is it, is it raw or is it, it's no. cooked, but it's and just, it's not, does it have the look of cooked? Yeah, it's exactly. Not and, and the thing is, the longer you let it sit, the more firm it gets. So depending on the, the type of cook you want, you know, it can be more on the softer side. It can be like, you know. Can you also affect that by the amount of the acidic yeah. Whatever you use to put in there. Absolutely. There's like, I guess the dilution of it, you know, because if you have more pepper than, than acidity, then obviously you're not going to get as much of a cook to it. So when you're making your agua de chile, then, you know, you want to have, make sure you have a lot of lime to it because if you don't have as much of a lime base, you know, obviously your, uh, your balance isn't going to be as strong. So mm-hmm. you have to be careful in that. Otherwise you might just have a bunch of raw fish because it's not strong enough to cook everything. How do you know? Science. I don't know, man. Experience. You're not going to sit here and try and tell me you were good in science. No. No, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> no joke. Uh, I, I had, um, I want to say it was chemistry. I was in chemistry class with uh, a couple of my best friends, and we were, like, so bad in it. By the time we were done, we just had a contest to see, like, who could have the worst grade in the class by the end of it. So it was really bad. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Yeah. We probably shouldn't even get into that, but... So are you, because I know nothing about cooking mm-hmm. like that. Of course, that's not my deal, but I just find it fascinating. I always have, but I've never had anybody that I could ask questions about that. So are you using just a raw lemon and then you cut it up and get the, you know, get the juice out of it? Yeah, absolutely. So typically when I do it, I'll use lime, but um, I mean, I'm just juicing a Can bunch you mix of- them? Lime yeah, and lemon? Absolutely. Just enough it's going to affect the flavor, obviously. Yeah. It's just whatever kind of flavor profile you want. So, I mean, if I want to zest, you know, lime and stuff into it, I can do that as well, you know, and I'm typically using things like, you know, I'll use green onion, I'll use cilantro, I'll use garlic, whatever I want into it as well. But I can typically add that later. So right now I'm just more focused on, you know, getting the lime. I'll use like lime, garlic, and then uh, maybe rosa poblano or jalapeno serranos, things like that, depending you're, on the spice level. You're you, generally you're speaking. You're cutting the the fish into or whatever it is that you're cooking the meat, the, mm-hmm. the protein. You're cutting it into smaller pieces. Exactly. You don't want to do like a whole piece because then you're just really cooking the outside. Because then you're definitely not going to get the inside. So I will do thin slices or I will dice it in a way that you know you can sit there and stir it or shake it in a container or something every once in a while. Um, because then once it's, you know, thin sliced or something or thin diced, then you could, um, you know, have it cooked fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you know, I'll have like a nice, you know, corn tostada shell and then I'll do like avocado sliced on the bottom and then I'll do my fish on top. And then at that point, you know, you can dress it with whatever you want. Like I said, if you want to do, you know, green onion, cilantro, pickled onion, whatever you want, you know, mm-hmm. you dress it up and then pickle the gallo, whatever, you know, and then serve it out. And it's just this beautiful you know, bright flavors and just whatever you want. Right. Um, do you, how long do you leave it cooking? Or- it, it, like I said, it all depends. Sometimes if I have bigger chunks of, 
um, let's say shrimp, you know, if I'm just like kind of quartering or halving shrimp, you know, it might take longer, but I mean, typically you butterfly in the shrimp or you just sometimes, sometimes I'll just butterfly the shrimp, you know, depending on the size of it. But, um, I want to say when I did Dylan ceviche, I mean, it only took 20, 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. So it wasn't, wasn't too bad. That's crazy. I, I mean, again, zero knowledge yeah. or experience mm-hmm. in that. I would have said overnight. Yeah. No. And so 20 minutes then at that point, you're just mixing it up on the counter, put it there, and then you're working on something else. Yeah. And that's the thing. By the time I'm, you know, I'll, I'll start it and then I'll be doing other things, you know, and then I'll just shake it or stir it or whatever and continue doing my other prep and I'll just keep checking on it. And then, you know, by the time you're grabbing a piece of it or something or, you know, you can cut it open and see what it looks like or you can take a bite of it or whatever because, I mean, half the time, you know, I'm eating – stuff raw. Yeah, you got to test you know it as you go. So, yeah. So, um, and like I said, the flavor may not be right off the get-go, you know, so obviously, you know, you can season it or whatever, but then, like I said, it's going to be, it could be spicy because of the, whatever you're using. It can be really tart because, you know, you don't really have anything in it. And at that point, that's when you can add, you know, if you want to add a little bit of honey or something to it to kind of mild out the extreme tartness to it or whatever get your flavor right the way you want it. And if you want to, if it's diced and, and everything, you know, hey, I want to add some chopped cilantro or add some pico de gallo to it so it's already basically just ready to go to you just, you know, like a restaurant serving. You just want yeah. to go ahead and just get it ready to serve, sprinkle on some greens to make it look good, maybe a little cotija cheese or something like that, sprinkle on top and serve it, you know, then you're good to go and it's fresh and delicious. Yeah, that's crazy. So I think we've we've talked about a wide variety of different yeah. ways to cook you know, game and all mm-hmm. kinds of different foods as far as that goes. But it, it just goes to show that there is so much food out there that, you know, we as, you know, Americans have a very limited palate, I think. Absolutely. I know I do. Yeah. There's and a I, lot we haven't even touched on, you know, that, you know, you could sit and talk all day about all the stuff that we don't eat or won't eat. And um, like I told my buddy Titus Cornejo, it's like, here in July, I'm looking at ordering some flying ants from Mexico, and um, it's flying ants. Yeah, flying ants from Mexico, and it's something that they they love to make tacos with. They'll make salsas with, and who knows? Maybe it'll be a pop up next door. And um, flying ants. Wow. We'll see. So, are they big? I mean, they're a little bit bigger than normal ants, but um, they harvest them around that time. They take the wings off and they roast them and they can them and they send them out. It's crazy. I don't, I don't know. If, I they don't, say they have a truffle flavor. So if you like truffle, uh, I don't know. I think that might be one. Even if you just keep it to the theme, mm-hmm. I still may not be able to. We'll see. To, we'll see. To get we'll past see when that. the we'll see when the time comes. I uh, yeah. The, the I remember we had a uh, there was a foreign exchange student that was I don't know where where exactly. I think they were from China or somewhere um, in the east. You know. Mm-hmm. And they brought some of the snacks that they have over there. And uh, this was back like when I was in high school. And it was crickets mm-hmm. in, a, in a bag. Like I was like, you'd literally go to like 7-Eleven and pick up these crickets, bag of crickets with, I mean, there's some other stuff in there. but I've eaten crickets, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I've, I, I have been blessed enough that I can tell you that I've honestly never been so hungry that I need to eat crickets. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to. Now, now I feel like we're uh, my favorite movie of all time, Lonesome Dove. Okay, they cook uh, grasshoppers in there. Yeah, yeah. 
I've had grasshopper too. Scorpion. Like, mm. I've had a bunch of different. There's not a lot. What's of, the craziest thing you've ever eaten? Oh man, I don't know. I've had some weird stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've I've had a lot of different, a lot of different things. I I don't think I could tell you the weirdest thing. Well, tell me some of them then. I mean, crickets, scorpion. I mean, scorpion was probably one of the weirdest to me. What's there's not a, there's not a lot I won't eat, but the, like to name a few, like the the egg with like the the duck fetus in it, like I wouldn't do that. Yeah, or no like way. the thousand year egg, like the black egg or whatever. You know, like I I couldn't do that. Is there anything you've eaten that you? didn't like like you you didn't think i mean i know everybody like the, there's <clears throat> they're saying i mean there's a there's burgers out there you know there's a hamburger out there that, uh, that wasn't a very good hamburger you know or whatever but is there something you've you've had or you've tried or something that you were like i'm probably not going to eat that again even if i was to cook it and could try and make it better or add to it or anything do olives count that, yeah, anything counts. I'm not big on olives, but uh, sea urchin, I would say, I wasn't super fond of. To me, it tasted, it was like a pudding that tasted like the ocean. Sea urchin. Yeah. Where do you find this stuff? Where do you find... I mean, it's sushi. Yeah. That was another thing. You said sushi is... I love sushi. It's like my wife and kids absolutely just flip out on it. Yeah. I mean, they just go bonkers. Yeah. And it's so I good. am not a sushi sushi guy. It's so good. I think you just have to have the right thing. That's what she said. And I'm, yeah. yeah, my wife told me that. No, uh, no, mm. I just, no, not, not, I, I don't know. I, I get the, uh, the cooked stuff and I have her order it for me. We go and I'm like, just order, just order for me, hon. I don't Yeah. So I, the thing is sushi means with rice. Mm -hmm. So it, everybody thinks it has to be raw. So, I mean, sushi can really be anything. So, I mean, if you want a cheeseburger with fry, sushi it, it could be a thing you know mm -hmm. what i mean so we could we could make that and it's still sushi so that's interesting things you learn yeah so well man i can't tell you how much i appreciate it time flies we've been talking for over an hour now oh, and okay. yeah and uh i i i'm so stoked to eat some of the stuff that you're going to cook oh yeah um, i'm ready i've got a few ideas today actually so yeah that's awesome but well for all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you would, uh, go like the, all of our social media pages, Powder and String. Um, Mike's got his own social media pages. Go out and, and like those. Mike, do you, what are your what, what, what all platforms are you on? Um, typically Facebook, uh, Instagram. I do have a YouTube. I haven't been super active with I need to get back on that. But um, at Foodie Mike C, yeah. generally everything. At Foodie Mike C and... Um, at powderstring.com. Um, I'm sorry, at powderstring. Um, and then powderstring.com is our website. And then we're on YouTube and um, obviously on wherever you listen to your um, your podcast at. So thanks again, Mike, for being on here. Greatly appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, and uh, anytime. until next time, thank you, listeners. <laughs>